0: as well. We're going to continue our sermon series called Solomon says and what we've been looking at are the words of Solomon written in the book of Proverbs. And Solomon scripture teaches us was the wisest man that ever lived and there's a reason for that. It's because that when Solomon took over the kingship from his dad David And one moment where the Lord came to him and he asked Solomon, what is it that you want? Instead of asking for strength over enemies or instead of asking for riches or anything else, Solomon asked for wisdom. He said, I I don't really know how to to lead this well, so what I need is wisdom. And it says that the Lord blessed him with wisdom that's going to go beyond the wisdom of any other human that walks this earth. So we know from Scripture that Solomon had a God-given wisdom that nobody else will ever have. We also know from reading scripture and knowing the story of Solomon and how he lived his life that not only did he have wisdom because God bestowed it on him, he also had wisdom from the school of hard knocks. A lot of the wisdom that we have is from that school. He lived life, he made mistakes, he didn't do everything perfectly and along the way uh, he learned some things that he wrote down from his own experience to say you probably don't want to do things this way. And so that's why we're looking at this book, and we're seeking to say, okay, what is the wisdom that we need to do to follow the Lord? uh, The first thing that we saw was that in chapter 1, verse 7, Solomon sums it all up by saying it's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and that fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so it is the fear of the Lord, it's putting God in his proper place in your life that is the beginning of all wisdom. It's acknowledging Jesus as Savior and Lord, and then learning to navigate life from there that's gonna get you into the right place. And then Solomon continues uh, to teach and to show us things about what it means to follow the Lord and to put him in his right place in wisdom, now why? Why do we need to to look at this? What's the point in our lives? Why would this help us? Because the truth is this, every day you have to make up you have to make up. Some of you are ladies. If Men, if you're waking up every day to make up, we'll talk later. Wake up and you have to make decisions about how you're going in this world that are screaming for your attention and are leading you to make decisions that will follow their way of thinking or their line of life. And so you every day have to make the decision, am I going to walk down the path of wisdom or am I gonna choose to take another path? Now, it may seem to some people, narrow-minded, or it may seem a little blunt, but when Solomon describes it, he doesn't describe it as you follow the path of wisdom or you choose one of several other paths. He says you either follow the path of wisdom or you follow the path of foolishness. Now, the path of foolishness could be your own path. It could be a path of listening to bad advice. It could be a path of doing things the way that everybody else does them. It can be all sorts of things, but ultimately, Solomon just, Tells it like it is and says, You're either going to choose to do things God's way, which is going to lead you on the path of wisdom, or you're going to choose to do things your own way, which is going to be the path of foolishness. But here's what you need to hear that God loves you and loves me so much that not only does He just put it out there for us to decide, He actually pursues us and desires that we would follow His words of wisdom so that we can experience life. In all of its glory and in its fullness and in abundance as he desires for us. You see, it's not just about that, well, if we do things God way, God's way, then he's happy and everything's good. It's about experiencing life to its fullest. It only happens when you pursue things God's way. And so let's look at these words here of how Solomon describes it, how God pursues us even in the way of wisdom. Beginning in verse 20. Proverbs chapter one it says this wisdom calls out in the street she makes her voice heard in the public squares she cries out above the commotion she speaks at the entrance of the city gates and just real quickly that means that God is making Himself available to anyone who will listen verse twenty two he says how long inexperienced ones will you love ignorance how long will mockers enjoy mocking And you fools hate knowledge. If you respond to my warning, then I will pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words. I'm going to read that verse again. If you respond to my warning, then I will pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words. Verse 24, though, paints a different picture. He says, since I called out and you refused, extended my hand And no one paid attention since you neglected all my counsel and did not accept my correction. I, when terror strikes you like a storm and calamity, I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When trouble and stress overcome you, then they will call me, but I won't and didn't choose to fear the Lord. We're not interested in my counsel and rejected our own schemes." For the apostasy of the inexperienced will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live securely and be undisturbed by the dread of danger. And so what we see in this passage is we see that God is making his way available to anyone who will listen. And then if you look at verse 23 and 33, they're kind of a bookend, if you will, of of some promises that say if you will choose to listen and follow wisdom, then God will pour out his spirit on you. He'll keep you from the path of destruction. He'll lead you on the way of life. But everything in between there is a very clear and a very stern warning about what's going to happen if you ignore that call of wisdom and if you choose to do things, your own. Sit down and go, look. I've been trying to tell you this thing to me. Does it sound like a dad to you? Sounds like a dad who would sit down and go, look. I've been trying to tell you this thing. I've said this over and over and over and over. And if you would just do things the way that I've told you to do them, life would be a lot easier. Amen. I see some, uh, some people laughing already. You must have had this conversation with your dad. But then, hey, if you don't, then here's what's going to happen. It's going to be this, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. But here's what I love about verse 33 at the end of that passage. There's also that demonstration of even though you may walk down the path of foolishness for a while, I still love you and I still want what's best for you. So let's break this down about what's going on here. The first thing that we need to understand, we've been talking about it through this whole series, and that's simply this, that true wisdom is found in following Jesus. True wisdom comes in following Jesus, that there are a lot of things out there in the world that are vying for your attention, they're vying for your affection, and you're going to have to choose whether you're going to follow them or whether you're going to follow Jesus. And one of the things that I've been talking about often in this series is, is there is a difference between knowing about Jesus and actually following Jesus. Jesus. You see, we need to understand that Jesus came and he gave himself willingly to die on the cross, but then he overcame sin and death through the resurrection. And in doing so, he offers himself to everyone as Savior and Lord. And when we think about it that way, it means this. Jesus as Savior means that because I have sinned and I fall short <coughs> excuse me, of the glory of God, I need saving from myself. I've walked down the path of foolishness. I have endured some of these school of hard knocks things that happen in my life. And ultimately, I know that I have separated myself from God because of my sinfulness. And so I need to acknowledge Jesus as Savior but there's more to it than that. You, you realize that over and over in scripture when you look at this, if you look at the great commission, Jesus speaking to the disciples before he ascends into heaven, he looks at them and he says, you need to go, therefore, to all the nations and you need to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. You see, there's two parts to it. First of all, you need to understand that I need to give my life but then there is the, now how am I going to walk my life? And that's what Solomon continues to talk about. The path of wisdom begins with knowledge and acknowledgement of the Lord being in his proper place and me choosing to follow him, not just to know about him. There is a distinct difference in saying, yeah, I know about Jesus and saying, Jesus is Lord of my life. We want to follow him. So why do we struggle with doing that sometimes? Why is that such an issue for us? Well, I've said it this way as well, you know, when you begin to try to follow the Lord, what you will run into is some of the things that are in God's word will run counterintuitive to things that you've experienced or that you know. You'll be going, well, I've always done things this way. And like a good dad, I want to look at you and go, yeah, and how's that working out? You know what I mean? Because eventually you keep doing things the same way. It's like, well, you need to make an adjustment here and you need to follow this. So following the Lord sometimes seems like, I don't know that that makes any sense. Let me just tell you that if you've ever uttered that phrase, that doesn't surprise God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom, The world did not know God through wisdom. God was pleased to save those who believe through the foolishness of what is preached. For the Jews asked for signs and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and is the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. What are you trying to say, Pastor? Well, this is the deal. As much as we would like to think that we can pull it all together or have it all together or figure it all out, the best that we can do doesn't even add up to the foolishness of God. And what Scripture is trying to tell us very clearly is that what we'll get to eventually is that there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it ends to death, it leads to death. And so we try to work all these things out our own, but what God's trying to say is, I'm calling you and I'm trying to tell you, if you will follow my ways, you will find the path to life. But the more that you want to do things on your own, the more you will bring calamity upon yourself, And so because of God's love for us, he continues to call. Now, you need to understand this. As you begin to do things God's way, this is what Scripture is saying. People are going to look at that and go, that's odd. Why are you living life this way? Why are you making that decision? Why are you doing this? Because it says the way of the Lord, the way of the cross seems like foolishness to other people. And if you're trying to, to just figure out God or to add him into your life and not truly follow God, then it's never really ever going to make sense. You see, there's knowing about God and there's following God. There's knowing about Jesus and there's following Jesus. And there is also some people who maybe even more dangerously kind of live this way. Well, my salvation is secure. <clears throat> I've, had a, I've had a moment in time where I've given my heart and life but yet they're not seeking to follow God in this life. And so for some reason, they're not experiencing life to the fullness. Why not? Because they're not trying to follow what the Lord says. Well, how do we do that? Well, let me break it down. The first thing I'd tell you is this. My choice is really as easy as one, two, three. And uh, that's a hint that we're going to look at chapter 1, verse 23, a little more closely. Look at the promise That Solomon writes right here, if you respond to my warning, then I will pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words. If we first respond to God and acknowledge him as Lord, then he will pour out on us his spirit and give us what we need. It is one of those if-then statements that we need to think about. If we respond to God, then he will give us what we need. Then he will show us the way. We can't figure it out on our own and then expect God to come and support the things that he, that we want him to do for us. Now, this whole section here in the middle where he's talking about, I called out and you refused. I extended my hand and no one paid attention. You neglected my counsel. You did all of these things is an example of on ourself. But the truth is this. I can figure this out and do this my own way. We bring these things on ourself. But the truth is this. I will face storms in this life. This is what you need to understand. I will face storms in this life. If you choose to follow God's way, you will still face storms in this life. If you choose to do things your own way, you will still face storms in this life. I believe scripture is clear over and over and over and over about the fact that in this life, we will have trouble. In this life, there will be difficulty. There's a reason for that. We live in a broken world. It's broken by the sinfulness of mankind. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all in need of a savior. And because of that, this world does not work like it's supposed to. Even when you're trying to do the right thing, We continue to run into difficulties. And so because of that, we're going to continually face storms. And this world is still going to have pain and sickness and death and difficulties because things are not made right in this world yet. So it's not that we should just give up and go, oh, my gosh, this is how it is. But we should understand that God is giving us an opportunity to find life even in the midst of that. And I will face storms, but the question is, how will you face them will you face them with your own knowledge with your own way of doing things or will you trust in the lord look again proverbs 127 when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind when trouble and stress overcome you not if but when and so what solomon is trying to instill into these people and into our lives is to understand that I wanna help you navigate this world with the word of God because if you will put God in his proper place, he will help you navigate life. Now, let me tell you what I'm not saying, that it'll all work out today. (laughs) Because that's the problem, I think, with some of our culture is that we say, okay, I've taken 30 years of my life to get me into this mess. Could God fix this today, please? And then we try, we try to follow the Lord, and we do it for a day and a half, and then we go, well, that didn't work. Apparently, apparently this whole Christianity thing doesn't really work. Well, that's not at all the picture that Solomon's painting. He's saying that if we daily, continually put our trust and our faith in the Lord, if we follow him, if we continue to adjust our life to him, then he'll navigate us on this way into things that can actually bring glory to him and goodness to us, even though some of the things that we've done aren't all that great. Scripture tells us that our power is actually, that his power is actually made perfect in our weakness, that he can take these things and turn them around and do something with it, even though we may be looking at this and going, I don't know what anybody's gonna do with this mess of a life that I've made. That's the promise that we have. But it comes in truly following him. Jesus sums up the Sermon on the Mount with these words. He says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine And does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. Again, it's not just about knowing about Jesus, it's not just hearing his words, it's actually putting them into practice and following them that will lead to screaming out a different way to do things sometimes. Because there's a lot of things that are screaming out a different way to do things. And that's why Solomon puts it in such a way that wisdom calls out in the street. She makes her voice heard in the public square. She cries out above the commotion. And she speaks at the entry to, entrance to the city gates because God loves us so much that he wants us to be able to hear and know that there's a different way of doing things if we will trust and follow him. But this warning that is here is clear. And it can be simply put this way. If I ignore Jesus, if I ignore that warning, then I'm left to myself. And and here's the funny thing about that. It's not that we're left to the wrath of God. It's that we're just left to ourselves. And that's what you need to understand the difference. Because if you're looking at this passage and you're going, hold on a minute, you're telling me that God's going to laugh at my calamity and mock me when things are going on? No, what's going on in this passage is what what Solomon is saying is that people have a choice to either follow God's way or follow their way. And when they choose to follow their way and they begin to realize that their way doesn't work, what often happens is they then turn around and start to blame God's going, hey, I've told you up front that This is what we need to do, and this is how you follow me, and this is where you seek the Lord, but, but you've done this on your own. Look at this. It says, then they will call me, and I won't answer. They will search for me, but won't find me. Because they hated knowledge and didn't fear the Lord, were not interested in my counsel, rejected all my correction, they will eat the fruit of their way and be glutted with their own schemes. It says, because you ignored this, because you walked this way, now all of a sudden you're trying to find me in all this, but I told you up front. It's not that God's waiting to punish us. He's broken hearted saying, why didn't you follow me? You know, honestly, it's kind of like this. I I heard the conversation one time where somebody said, well, you know, I'm an atheist. And somebody said, why? And they said, because I'm mad at God. (laughs) Now think about that. How can you be mad at someone who doesn't exist? And it, it, that's kind of how this all comes together where we say, I'm going to ignore God. I don't want to do things his way. I walked down this road, and then now I'm mad at him because all these things that I've brought upon myself. That's what he's saying. He's going, I'm, I'm offering my hand. I'm extending this. And so here's what you need to, to see in this. Is it, there are some harsh words here. But, but look at this. The warning is strong. But the promise is stronger. It's not just if, then. It's if, then, but. If, then, if you will listen to me, then I will pour it out. But whoever listens to me will live securely and be undisturbed by the dread of danger. So, again, Solomon is sharing these words because he desires that people learn wisdom and discipline. And he's sharing them. And in this context, he's sharing them to his son. And there is nothing that a dad wouldn't do for their children to try to warn them and keep them. And so Solomon's not pulling any punches. He's saying, I want to make this as clear as I possibly can. If you will go this way, you will find life. But if you go this way, let me paint the picture of what's going to happen in your life. I promise you we could stop right now. And we could have people stand up and start giving testimonies and say, let me tell you about following some of these foolish paths and why you shouldn't do them. And anybody would be able to share with me today on some of those things? Don't be embarrassed. I've got my hand up, too. Yeah, we've got heads nodding and stuff like that. But you know what else would happen? Sometimes people would look at you and go, yeah, but I think I can figure it out in a different way. Nope. Nope and it's doing things God's way. So the foolishness, and you're not going to be immune to it. There's really only one way to life, and it's doing things God's way. So the warning is very strong and very clear, but the promise is so much stronger. Whoever listens to me will live securely and be undisturbed by the dread of danger. That's what this means. It means that even in the midst of this broken world, the people who choose to know and follow Jesus are able to navigate this mess with hope and to be able to live securely even though things around them may be very chaotic. We're not going to be able to fix everything about this world. It's not going to happen until Jesus comes to restore it. That that's just the reality of where we're going to live. Honestly, in your and my in yours and mine lifetimes, it, it may even get worse. But even in the midst of the culture going in one way, we can choose to follow Jesus and find peace and life and hope even in the midst of calamity. But what's happening here is truly what Solomon is saying is you've got to make this decision on your own. I can't make it for you. So I want to paint this picture for you of the path to foolishness and the path to wisdom, the path to life or the path to death, and you have to make that decision. And the truth is you don't just make that decision once. You make that decision daily. You make that decision every day of whether you're going to choose to continue to follow God's ways. Again, that's why your salvation can be secure from the moment you ask Christ into your life. But sometimes we can go down this road and think, okay, thank you, God. I got it now from here and end up off in the ditch somewhere where we shouldn't be. Because what happens is, this is a truth about God that we need to understand. Ultimately, God will give to me what I have chosen. This is the picture that's painted here. Ultimately, God will give to me what I have chosen. God will never force himself upon you. He is just calling out above everything else, inviting anyone who will listen to follow and come to him. That's the way that God works. He calls to you. He opens himself up to you. It says in scripture that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He has done everything on his part to make the path to him clear. But ultimately, he's going to give to us what we have chosen. If we choose the path of life and following him, then we will have that. But if we choose the path of foolishness, then ultimately we're going to reap what we sow. And the truth is I've talked with so many people and myself included on some of these things that I can tell you at the end of that path there's nobody that you can really ultimately look at other than yourself and go, I made that choice and I've got to live with these consequences. And so it's the grace of God that then meets you at that point and says, you know what, you don't have to live with those on your own. Because if you will know and follow me and turn around and start doing things today, then we will get you out of this. But here's the trick. It doesn't happen overnight all the time. It takes time. It takes consistency of doing things the right way, of doing things God's way, to begin to experience that life in all its fullness. Your salvation can be secure in a moment, but life happens over a lifetime. So I want to close with just an example that uh, was so Poignant this week as we celebrated Roger Grizzard's life. And I know many of you may not know who Roger Grizzard is. Some of you are highly aware. He was a man that was a member of our church. He owned the pizza place here in town. He loved Weatherford community like nobody ever will probably love it again. I mean, he just did so much for this community and for so many people. But here was the thing that stood out with all the testimonies and all the things coming together about Roger's life as we prepared to to do that yesterday. And this was the thing that stood out to me that I think is so relevant with what I'm saying right here today and what Solomon is teaching right here today. I shared this yesterday at the memorial, but I'll share it again today. When I was doing my homework, to my knowledge... Roger never gave one single gift that would have merited headlines or got his name on the side of a building or had a fund named after him or anything else, but he gave so consistently and with so much love that over a period of 40-plus years, when Holly, his daughter, said, to a room of about 2,200, 2,500 people and then about another 1,000 people online, when she said, if you ever had something given to you by Roger, a hat, a T-shirt, a pizza, a, a quarter, help, lodging like that, would you stand? Everybody stood. That's how you make such an impact. That's how any one of us can just take and do the right thing one day at a time, and it begins to add up over 40-plus years. And that's the type of an impact that you can have, and that's how you have the path to life, is, is yes, you choose to follow Jesus today, but then you choose to continue to follow him every day, no matter what storms of life you may face. You continue to do that, and then one day, because again, salvation happens in a moment, but life happens over a lifetime, when you're able to look back on the path, you're able to go, Wow, we've come a long way, taking one step at a time, following the Lord. And so that's what Solomon's trying to teach us today.